the Film Guide with Max Hartington, part of the Synopolis Podcast with Danny Smith. Well, would you, Adam and Eve, it? Max Hartington, everybody's favourite educator of the young, is back with us for another edition of the St Albans Film Guide. Hello, Max. Hello, Danny. Good to be back, as it always is, uh, on, a, on a nice day like today. Okay, man, it'll be a nice listening. day when people are listening. Thanks for making reference to something that's already would have changed by the time. I'm willing it to be a good wow. day for the listeners. So the very same reason why we can't mention who, like, who the politicians are, because it might have all changed by the time this goes out. <laughs> we can't say that, can we? Potentially very topical. Yes. So anyway, uh, hello, yes, it's another edition of The Film Guide, and this is where we look at uh, Max's choice of films, uh, the best ones to watch on free-to-air TV for the forthcoming week, so he thinks we will see. Uh, we also have another film that is part of a feature that we call Max's Action Films, where he is taking it to the max. Yeah. You, you, there we go. You see, and, and, and more evidence that you don't listen to this uh, show unless you're on it is uh, the fact that someone else uses that now. Yeah, you haven't said anything. You're kidding me. Someone's taken my bit. And, and not only that, but we ridicule you every time we do it. Well, now I do have to listen just to check, like, to see what's going on. There you go. Or do we? <sighs> see. Ah, keep me on the edge of my seat. Who knows now? You won't Thrilling know. Stuff. We, you won't know. It's all right, Howard, you'll never know. Bit of podcast drama. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yes, yeah, so we, 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 we have a, another entry into the feature that we call Max's Action Films. And uh, there'll be also some new releases in the cinema, which I believe is where we are starting right now. So tell us about the first movie. Of course, uh, releasing this Friday, the 21st of October, we can start off with none other than Black Adam. Uh, nearly 5,000 years after he was bestowed with the almighty powers of the Egyptian gods, an imprisoned Black Adam, played by Dwayne The Rock Johnson, is freed from his earthly tomb, ready to unleash his fury. Uh, the director for this one is uh, uh, <laughs> oh, this. Really, I say Harme Colatzera. I think that's pretty good. I think yeah. He does a pretty good yeah, job there. Well done. Um, uh, people might recognise him. He's got a few uh, sort of. Uh, there's a bit of a pun here. He's got a few unknown uh, films that you might know of. Um, very sort of. If you are the, the the pun there really, which was pretty bad, is that he directed a film called Unknown with Liam Neeson. Yes, um, some people might know him. It's actually he's not known for his superhero work. He's known for more sort of horror and suspense films, like uh, you might know Orphan or House of Wax, which are sort of mm. cult classics. From what I'm he directed, The I'm Shallows. Remember. That's quite good. Yeah. Do you remember that the shark movie with uh, was it with Blake Lively? Oh, really? Yeah. Ah. He produced it. I don't think he directed that one. So maybe, who knows, maybe this could be a tense one. Uh, of course, if you're looking for the, the star of this one, guess who the star of Black Adam is? I've already mentioned him once, but it is none other than Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who's playing a very... Uh... And did he not work with him on Jungle Cruise? Ah. You don't know now. I don't know. I, I, I know for a fact that. he did. When I say did he not, I've got that, that means one I've just, already researched just in front it. Of me, yeah. Yeah. Ah. And he did do The Shallows as well. He did direct it. He wasn't just the... Uh... To them got a working relationship then. Probably yeah. how this uh, film got off the ground. But uh, yeah. in terms of top cast, we have uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, uh, Sarah Shahai. My, the, the, the casting here, which is the one that I've been paying attention to, which is Pierce Brosnan is starring in this one. So Pierce Brosnan's finally in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Is that what we're saying? He's in the DC Cinematic Universe, isn't he? Yeah, it's all the same. <laughs> um, uh, Viola Davis making a reappearance from her being in DC films, like Suicide Squad. I think she played a big role in that. Uh, yes, yes. She plays uh, Amanda Waller, I believe is the name of the character that has now mm. appeared. In. So I, I was, of course, course joking max hasn't yet mentioned it because you know he just babbles but um th- this is th- so this is not part of the marvel superhero no, thing no. this is the dc so this, this is, is man of steel this is yes, justice yeah. league this, this is, is, spi- this is not shazam just spider-man yep shazam this is your batman this is your superman this is your aquaman? Squad. aquaman yeah that's that's yeah. Shazam, shazam wonder aquaman. woman Wonder Woman as well those are the big ones so you know for, for as much as you're very dismissive of this whole um like series there aren't. There are some fairly good movies that you mentioned in there. There are some alright ones in there. Yeah, yeah. I'm but, not I, saying all of them, but yeah. some of them. 
it just sort of seems like DC sort of had this on and on, on and off again, sort of we can do something right, we can do something not hmm. so right, doesn't it? But it's not the same universe that um, the Batman comes no, from. Is no, it? no, no. So that's its own new original one. Yeah, which was um, the the recent thing from what's he called? Um, K Putts or R Pats? R R Pats. Yeah, R yeah. Pats playing the uh, the most gothic Batman of all of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just looked a bit miserable, didn't he? Yeah, yeah we're gonna cheer up a little bit. Uh, but yeah, this one's looking pretty pretty far from gothic. This is pretty uh, looking pretty explosive. It's, it looks like Dwayne the Rock Johnson is going to play Dwayne the Rock Johnson. He's going to shoot around, throw some people. Uh, but he's buildings. not quite because isn't he playing something of a and of an antihero now? Black Adam for those who don't really? follow superheroes is that not you're set, you're you're trying to act all mysterious, Max? When people are looking to you to actually you know shine a light on this, so I was being sarcastic about yeah. Dwayne the Rock Johnson playing a. Playing an, playing an anti-hero like it's like something he's never done before but well yeah but normally isn't he just a hero isn't he normally just you know an all-round good guy and stuff whereas this one isn't it you know, like on all of his you know Fast and Furious he's the good guy isn't he he's, I suppose yeah he's, he's quite straight yeah, in those Vin Diesel's he? a bit more of the the anti-hero the, the, the anti sort of because he's kind of a criminal but he's doing it he's like a Robin Hood yes yeah you know whereas you know Dwayne in those films he's a I guess in this case, maybe, it's a li- maybe it's a little against typecast then this time yeah so Black Adam's whole thing is that he's sort of well, there's this league of superheroes, you know, Pierce Brosnan, Lee, I believe, leads them. And they're sort of trying to, do, you know, do the right thing. And uh, Black Adam is very, not very, uh, doesn't want to f- follow the rules and like, likes throwing people through buildings and doesn't really care who, who gets in the way. Right. Doesn't see himself as a hero, but sometimes ends up doing good things. Yeah. All right. Now, um, so... The, the, so Dwayne the Rock Johnson, as you keep like full naming him, I, I, um, I know he is he is Dwayne Johnson. I yeah. just keep calling it all the Rock, all like, the Rock. It doesn't need to be both of them. No. It just feels like I'm doing a bit. But I'm make really a choice. Not. I'm really not. You are make a choice. One or the other. Pick it. Dwayne, buddy. Dwayne. All right. Yeah. My, my buddy Dwayne. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Podcast. DJ. Yeah, as, DJ. As I, as I know him. Ah. Um, but uh, yeah, he, he's um, he's been raving about this part for yeah. a very long time it's this is clearly a, a passion project for him yeah he uh, it would seem some years ago he asked fans who should he play apparently he was offered the chart the choice of playing um shazam yeah well and i mean th- he this- turned shazam down and opted for this i mean this has been teased i'm trying to think the, the original shazam film must be going back a, a couple of years at this i believe point, there's the, another one the, on its way yeah, isn't and it? there's even a sequel on the way but i think he was teased in that one to be showing up at some point mm. but i think it's one of those um Oh, it was 2019. Yeah, so that's pre-COVID. That's a lifetime ago. Honestly, it feels like generations... The world's changed a lot since then. But uh, yeah, I think this is one of those ones that he's sort of wanted to have in the works for a long time. And now he's getting his chance to actually put it into the cinema. And all of a sudden, here it is. Yeah. So, um, okay. So so you you clearly then can't wait to see it? I'll be honest. I'm... Maybe, maybe well, it would make a change if you could be Max, because <laughs> you were being horrible about this movie before we started. As soon as we started, you've been quite I'm nice not, about it so far. I, I've been. I told you, I, let rip. I'm going to start by letting the facts go first. If you're looking for a film with Dwayne the Rock Johnson, who's playing uh, a bit of an edgy antihero, and that's sort of all it's got going on for it, then this is the film for you. Oh. It's going to have a big dumb CGI fight scene. It's going to be, you know. People are going to keep remarking about Dwayne not wanting to do the right thing, and eventually he will do the right thing, but very begrudgingly. And I'm just—is Kevin Hart in it? Uh, probably. Does he play like his little, I, I his even, little sort of superhero it. dog I, or something? I'm certain if you went in there, you'd probably see Kevin Hart turn up at some point. And it's just—it just sort of feels like maybe it's also the fact that there's all the superhero movies recently have been sort of. It feels like we're reaching a certain point where people are getting a bit burnt out on them, aren't they? And I feel like this is one that maybe, maybe back in 2011, we would have been like, oh, look at all this CGI. Look, this is great. But 
I don't really want to see two CGI men throw people through buildings anymore. For a very, very long time, the Western ruled the cinemas and Westerns were such a big thing. And then eventually people just got tired yeah. of them and they started to fizzle out a little bit. And, and then you only got a Western occasionally rather than all the blooming time. Yeah. And I wonder if that's going to happen one day with the I, superhero I think we're movie. starting to reach that point personally. I think, you know, I think we all, we all did our Avengers and then we all did our Justice League and stuff. And I think we're all just at that point where, come on now, we can do, we can do a bit better than... I, I'm gonna I'm gonna punch you through this building. Except it's the Rock saying it, so he's gonna say it very begrudgingly. That, and he's gonna do it. I'm gonna punch you through this building. I don't care who gets hit. Those things, I think, I, I agree with you completely. It's very cliched now, and it's you know yawn, boring. Yeah. You know, and I realise I, I I I've been a cog in the machine as well because I've also wanted. I, I've also been watching all this. You know, I've watched loads of the Avengers films, and hmm. I. I'm, quite hypocritically I thought the Batman was one of the best films that came out this year I, I thought the Batman was great so I was, but it was a little bit cleverer than you know throwing throwing like yeah. CGI people through buildings yeah. it, the Batman had more to it than yeah. that I'm just not getting the impression that I'm going to go into uh, Black Adam and all of a sudden it's going to turn out to be a, a, a turns the genre on its head sort of film so you, you don't think you're going to be in any way surprised by it? I don't think so, no. Okay, well, I mean, there's a lot of people who like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of people out there, it seems including you, who seem to hate on the DC cinematic yeah. universe <laughs> without seeing any of the movies or, or without having seen, like, the latest one. I, I'm not saying that's you, but, but no, 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 no. there are those who are expecting this to stink. Um, but who knows? I mean, it's, it, uh, you know... <laughs> The Rock seems to have quite yeah. a big following. He's got, and that, it, he's got he, that pull, hasn't he? He doesn't seem to make turkeys. Or maybe they're not brilliant, but they they, they do well. He's that, bankable. You, you know what? Like, I, I think that's the problem. I don't think it'll be offensively bad. I don't think it'll be offensively bad. I think it will just be, we'll, we'll see it and it will be, oh, look, it's happened. And who knows, maybe in three years' time we'll get a sequel out of the way as well. But if it is, tied, if it is tied to Shazam, maybe it has that chance of having that bit of, once it brings it together with Shazam or Shazam 2, it might bring some of that tongue-in-cheek humour, which I think really made that film stand out a bit compared to mm. some of the other DC outings. And don't forget as well, um, there are some good movies. You have begrudgingly agreed that some of the DC superhero stuff isn't that bad. Yeah. You know, Wonder Woman was very well ad- I thought the, received uh, commercially yeah. and critically. I thought it was really good. As was Aquaman. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, some of those characters, putting them together yeah. w- could work really you know well. What? I can complain all I want. I did at some point sit through the four, four five-hour Schneider Cut saying the whole time of, I would ha- oh, this is of Justice League of Justice it? League of Schneider Cut of Justice League and I did sit there going I'm going to hate this I'm never going to watch it and then I blinked and it was over and I had actually mildly enjoyed myself which is not bad for a four hour movie I know I didn't I, I wasn't as even I took breaks I, from I, it I spent four hours sitting there going like I really shouldn't be liking this as much as I am mm. and yet it was it was alright it was alright yeah. it was alright okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe I had the, the other one to look at and go like well it could have been worse mm. Okay. That's six hours I've given to Justice League in total of my life. Six right. hours of my life. So Black Adam, we've spent ages talking about it. It is the biggest release of the week. There's yeah. no doubt about it's it. There are one. two others out though. Let's just quickly talk about those as well. Because one in particular seems pretty interesting to me. Hmm. So also releasing uh, this Friday, we have the Banshees of Inisherin. Uh Two lifelong friends find themselves at an impasse when one abruptly ends their relationship with alarming consequences for both of them. Uh, this is directed by Martin McDonough, who is who's really generated some steam in the past couple of years. Uh, this is what? Sorry, uh, generated some steam. Okay, yeah, but trying to really say at a speed that humans can understand. Generated some steam, there you go. but but I think he's got uh, he's got a name for a very specific type of film, which is it's very character focused, very tightly t- tightly written, and just very enjoyable to experience he has won an oscar yeah for uh three billboards over ebbing county missouri 
That, that's almost what it's called. <laughs> Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Oh, I missed out the outside. And added some words. Oh. But yes, he's the, so this is the guy who has directed In Bruges, and he's directed Seven Psychopaths, mm. Three Billboards Outside Edding, Missouri, and now The Banshees of Inisherin. Yeah. And here we are, so we're reuniting the cast of In Bruges as well, with uh, Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson starring as the, the, the two friends who were sort of... Uh, finding themselves at a disagreement. I think this one looks like a really, really quite a quirky one. And I think it's definitely going to focus on, I mean, obviously anyone who's seen in Bruges will know that, or in Bruges, uh, will know that Colin Farrell, Brendan Gleeson are, that their relationship is carrying that film. And it just seems well, like... Well, that and it was good writing and it was mm. well directed. I mean, but their performances very, are, are wonderful, yeah, in very it? very tight. And they, I think they, I was reading the other day about in Bruges and actually they, the characters weren't originally Irish until Brennan Gleeson and uh, Colin Farrell turned up and they just thought it was too good an opportunity to miss, up, to miss out on. I'm sure I heard somewhere that to begin with, they started doing it with accents and then they sort of thought, actually, why don't we try it just with our own yeah. accents and it worked better. Ah. Uh, but, but this, uh, this seems like another one that's yeah. going to sort of take, take a chance to jump on the heritage. It seems very, very cultural, this one, yeah. with the whole like, sort of small Irish village. That- so Martin McDonough is an English uh, director and and yes, uh, he's reuniting the cast that, that did him so proud in In Bruges, mm. uh, which was a, a magical movie. And uh, and yes, the, the Banshees of Inisherin, is that what you call Inisherin? it? Um, yeah. Which, well, if we pick one and commit to it. Well, yeah. But anyway, that film is also out on Friday. Final one we're going to talk about this week is Decision to Leave. Uh in this film, A Decision to Leave, a detective investigating a man's death in the mountains meets, the, meets his mysterious wife in the course of his dogged sleuthing. Uh, this one seems like quite an interesting Who, Whose wife? The, the dead man's wife. Thank you. I'm just going to specify that one there. So he's investigating, he's investigating this dead man in the mountains, and while he's investigating the circumstances of his death, he finds himself very interested in the dead man's wife, and it's sort of, I think it all starts to unravel a little bit. But this one, I think, is worth talking about just for the director alone who is quite infamous for, well, Park Chan-wook is known for, in particular in my experience, is Old Boy, the 2003 one, which has a very sort of a following for being a very dark and gritty one, but with a very good camera work and very, I mean, it's very harrowing to watch Old Boy, but it is, uh, it it, is an experience. It is. And, and he also, um, and, and of course, that is what in turn spawned the Hollywood remake Old Boy. Yes. Uh, but the, yeah, the original one was, uh, was classic. And then also a, a TV series that is a spin-off or is based upon the fil- a film that you quite like. Snowpiercer, yeah. So he also played an important role. He was actually a producer on the 2013 Snowpiercer, starring Chris Evans, uh, pre- previously mentioned in Max's action films. But um, he's also been playing an important role in the, the, the Netflix, I believe it's Netflix Carried remake that's been coming out the past few years. Okay, yes. Um, uh, so, so, so this is, a, and also, uh, you know, South Korean cinema is something to watch for, watch mm. out for, not least because it wasn't that long ago when, it surprised, when a South Korean film surprised everybody yeah. at the Oscars, uh, Parasite. Yeah. After Parasite, it's always worth. I think if something is is being given the chance to be broadcast abroad, then maybe it's contending with you know some really good content mm. that's worth seeing. Yeah. Okay. Those are your new releases in the cinema for the forthcoming week. Hi, I'm Matt Adams, the heart of the Hearts Advertiser for over ten years. Join me and host Danny Smith for St Albans Podcast, a weekly look at the news, views, and reviews of the city and district of St Albans. As well as our delve into the local stories that matter, we regularly cover topics including health, food and drink, legal matters, the theatre scene and mental health. Alongside our regular features, we talk to people from our wonderful community, sharing some of the amazing work they do. Episodes are released every Wednesday at 7pm and you can find us by going to your podcast platform of choice and searching for the St Albans Podcast. Find out more at stalbanspodcast.com. 
We're back now with Max's action films, where Max takes it to the max. We're going to keep working and we're going to find a really good sort of catchphrase for there. I I already feel that Howard's overtaking you on that now. I wonder if you just need... I can't imagine Howard will. Well, you know, you wouldn't know because you didn't listen. I I could be making this whole thing up. Hence, can't imagine. (laughs) I planned this all out. You, you, well, you really not? No. What was in my life, or just in, in general? Yeah. We're going to turn the foot. This into my therapy. No, no, don't. You can't afford me. So <laughs> I feel now like I've got a cardigan on. I already. I just need now a, a, a chair and a, a couch for you and a, and a pipe. You know? a big beard. So as well. Max, tell me about your problems. <laughs> what do you What do you dream about? I don't started. know what voice that really was, but it's quite impressive. it was starting to sound yeah. a little bit like um, Sean Connery for a minute there, which I think is a nice segue to tie into <laughs> the franchise we're going to well, talk well, about. Well, okay, yeah. So the film this week, uh, this time around on Max's action films, is the a class, a absolute classic movie. This is, you know, people talk about oh, films that are classic, legendary. It's not really. This is yeah, undisputed. This is, this is a five star movie. This redefined yeah. the cinema. It is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, absolutely brilliant film. Uh, for those of you who have been under a rock for the past 70 years and have never heard of Indiana Jones. Or, or Dwayne the Rock Johnson, which name are we going with? <laughs> any rock, not a specific rock. Right, not under any, the rock, but just under yeah. a rock. For anyone who's okay. just been hiding under a rock for the past 70 years, mm-hmm. uh, one, Indy might be looking for you. But for those of you who don't know, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark is the first in the, the Indiana Jones series. Tells about the archaeology professor who pretty much, uh, you know, by during the week he teaches it teaches in, in a college uh whenever he's not he's out exploring the globe on these massive adventures trying to find things saying they belong in museums and uh you know busting some nazi chops while he's out there as well yeah but uh this is the the first film in the franchise and i think i think many people will say it is the best one as oh well, i think that's it. controversial because really? i think the one with sean connery is the, well it's difficult to i've talked about between them because obviously we've talked previously about um uh, the last crusade and i think it's fantastic but i just think that this one is just... well this is the one that started it all off yeah. and and that perhaps gives it the edge does that make me a bit too a bit too much of a hipster if i say oh the first one is actually the best one but well it has to be that good to, to create a franchise that is well that's known worldwide doesn't yeah, it? yeah but but i think i think the difference between this and the last crusade could be the difference between casino royale and skyfall ah, very good. Or, or, or or maybe the difference between um terminator and terminator 2 judgment that's day fair. You know, it's it's hard to say, or alien and aliens. You ah, know, I see. now you're talking my language. You see, <laughs> so it's it's very difficult to say because because the the, the subsequent one yeah. is equally worthy. Mm. But but are we judging the first one as being better simply because it was the first one? Very true. You know, well, sometimes it you know it's not a band's first album that's the best one they've ever done. Ah, very true. Well, I think the reason Raiders qualifies for uh, over the. Uh, the Last Crusade for me for the action film is just that I think the set pieces of this one are really fantastic. And obviously, we've got some good ones in the lot in uh, Last Crusade. You've got the you've got the tank and all sorts of stuff, but this one here, you've got none other than the famous Boulder scene. You've got the entire chase through Cairo, which is just thrilling. You've got everything with the trucks. Mm. You've got sneaking in. You know, you've got the fights on the boats. You've got sneaking into the. I'm I'm pretty much given a play by play of the entire film here, but I just think that. For me, I, I, it's been a, while, a little while since I've watched this one, but in my head, I think Indiana Jones is perfectly, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark is perfectly recreated in my head because I can remember they go to this place, they have a fight in the mountains, they go to this place, they you know they fight they fight the the plane mechanic on, on the bomber, brilliant fight scene there as well. There is just so much in this film. The 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 the, the kind of being lowered down into the the thing with all the snakes, the snake you know, thing, yeah. and, and had to be snakes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, yes, you're right. It's a classic. Yeah. Um, 
so for those who don't know, the, these movies were an homage to an to an earlier time in movies. One of the things that they they tried to do was they so the film was set in the mid thirties, yeah, and it was an homage to movies of the mid thirties. Something that was quite big in cinema at that time was the cliffhanger serial. Yeah, so cinema going was slightly different to what we have now because you didn't just go to watch a movie; you also went to watch the news. Yeah. There'd be a newsreel you'd watch. You would watch maybe cartoons as well. You would watch a B movie before you'd watch the A movie, and also you would sometimes watch these cliffhanger serials and they were like 25 minute or so episodes and they'd always end with galloping horses that are heading toward a you know like like pulling carriages heading That's towards a cliff, cliff. Yeah. and and you'd oh, see it plummet over the cliff and you'd think well the hero was in that they've died and then the beginning of the next episode which you'd watch the next time you went to the cinema like the following week or whenever it would be next big release. you would suddenly it was it would always cheat because then they'd show you a scene where the hero dived out just before the thing <laughs> plunged over the cliff and hence the cliffhanger yeah. serial and and those sorts of uh, spectacles that they used to put in those movies is what they put in this yeah. and i think that here is it because because i think there are so many times so, so many parts where you would argue that uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark ends in a cliffhanger. It, you could yeah. perfectly, I'm sure you could cut it down into perfect 30 minute chunks. The, you'd have something that left on the edge you see every single yeah, time. The, 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 the boulder scene, as you talked, as you described, you know, the thing where Everyone he swings across scene. the pits, you know, the, yeah. you know, and he, and he, he, he's got the, the, the idol and he's trying to work out how much it weighs and, and trying to move it across yeah. without it setting off all the traps, all that sort of stuff, you know, that, that was kind of the thing that used to be in those cliffhanger serials. And, and so that, they've lovingly portrayed those and it was an homage to cinema of the era in which the film was set yeah and as were the subsequent ones of the original trilogy and then when they did the fourth one that was set in the 50s yeah and in the 50s one of the things in a similar way to the cliffhangers you then suddenly had the sci-fi b movies of the 50s and they paid an homage to those and it's it'd be interesting to see if in this new one that's coming out next year um, I, I, I imagine it's, it's set the 60s, in the 60s or 70s by now. I'm sure there's talk about uh, the space race, which is the big 60s focus, isn't it? So yeah. Again, it's that media coverage. Yeah. But but uh, but yes. Yeah, so, so who knows? But but I mean, Harrison Ford pl- created an, an iconic hero. Uh, apparently, recently, Chris Pratt has been linked to a possible reboot. Yeah. And apparently, Harrison Ford went up to Chris Pratt. And basically, to use different words, told him to leave it alone. <laughs> and it seems to use Chris, safer radio. Chris, Chris Pratt was uh, was quite, um, you know, he, he was quite happy to leave it alone. It I do, seem. I do feel like I think Indy's probably the character that Harrison Ford holds dearest, isn't it? It's it's his, it's the one thing that he, the, the one character that he's ever played that he wants to clutch on a lot less than a uh, Han Solo, who seems to be uh, eager to. I mean, he throw was under the he bus was desperate to uh, to be to be removed from that trilogy. The, you yeah. know, the star, he was not he did not like Star Wars. I think he he begged to be killed off in the second movie yeah. uh, and and wasn't allowed to be and then and then would not talk about it would famously not talk about Star Wars for th- like 30 for years until- and then suddenly he's in one and he's happy to talk about it all yeah. over again and, and you people know knew, didn't they? and we all know now what happened it's because they, they kept adding zeros to his check until he until he passed out you and, to do one. and also they promised to kill him so he says, "All right, you're going to kill me, and you're going to. Oh, I'm going to love this movie now." If you ever want to cast Harrison Ford, that's all you need to give. Yeah. All you need to tell him, unless he's unless he's playing indie like he is here. But uh, yeah. really great cast the whole way through. Caroline playing Marion, who is 
you know, really a really good foil to Indy. Yeah, and, uh, and Karen Allen was also quite good in the fourth movie when they yes. brought her back. Uh, I thought she worked very well. She it it, it, it was it was a good nod. Um, and because also that fourth movie wasn't a great movie. It was all right. It wasn't brilliant. It's another one where it's got it's got nice moments, hasn't it? But yeah. it, it can't live up to. But it wasn't the, expectations of the, the failings ones. of it was not because Harrison Ford was too old to play Indy, no. which was the feeling. The worry going in was, oh, is he a bit yeah. old to be doing this? He was all right. She was all right. Yeah. You know, the problems were elsewhere. Shia LaBeouf. Um, <laughs> even, CGI? Even, even Ray Winston, really, won that. He was sort of miscast. He, he wasn't really very good at all, I uh, thought. But I am excited. John Hurt in that one as well. Yeah. 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 I am excited, though. John Reese davis one of the original people from uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and again was returned in, in Last Crusade. Yes. He's in the new movie. Really? Yeah. Um, Mads Mikkelsen I, uh, has a has a part in the Mads new movie. Mik- apart apart from uh, Harrison Ford, Mads Mikkelsen and Phoebe Waller Bridge, I think is playing an important role yeah, as well. Yeah. But as soon as I saw Mads Mikkelsen on that cast, I was like, you know, you've, you've brought me back in. Yeah. It's all you need. Yeah. Harrison Ford and Mads Mikkelsen. I mean, that's going to be interesting, isn't it? You, you've also got um, uh, the, that the new one that's that's coming out next year, directed by James Mangold, James Mangold who yeah. directed the final Wolverine film mm. so wonderfully. And and people are saying if he does that. If he does to Indiana Jones what he did to Wolverine, it's going to be a great movie. It'd be a good send off. Okay. Yeah, and and also his um, what was the the other thing? Oh, it's written as well. One of the the writers is Jez Butterworth. Now, Jez Butterworth, as I'm sure you well know, is from St Albans, and he's one of the scriptwriters of um of the fifth Indiana Jones movie, which as yet doesn't have a title beyond that. So no title for it. Um, but no, he that, that'd be a big announcement, yeah, won't it? But but he also wrote um, Edge of Tomorrow, which is a film you like to feature every week. Uh, Jez Butterworth. Uh, I think but, we all like. I think we all like a bit of Edge of Tomorrow, don't we? No, not really. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, he's um uh, he's he's written a lot of different things. Um, he wrote Spectre as well. Uh, mm-hmm. He he wrote the screenplay to Spectre. Uh, but and and he wrote a, a very acclaimed play called Jerusalem, that, yes, that's, yeah. uh, was Jez Butterworth as well. Mm. He's known as a, he was he wrote plays first, and then I didn't he moved he into wrote, cinema. I didn't he wrote Jerusalem, yeah, 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 that was him as well. But anyway, that's that all. One. That's all about the fifth Indiana Jones movie. You're talking about the one from 41 years ago, where it all started. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we wouldn't have it without without uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, would we? Yeah, but which, just, just which, such a, a pleasure to watch every single time. Like it is such a great ride. I think it's a great action movie, but it just everything else so well as well. But it's it is, got it's, such great humor. I mean, the scene where he's fighting his way through the crowds, and suddenly there's a swordsman. You know, everyone knows the movie now. Everyone knows what he's going to yeah, do. Knows exactly what should happen. But but that whole thing, and 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 apparently he says in in a lot of um, interviews that it wasn't planned that way and he spoke to the director and he because he was just tired and he'd learned a, he'd learned a fight scene yeah. but with but then he just thought, oh man he goes he's got he's wearing a gun why can't he just shoot it and so he said can we just try that and so they tried it and, and they left that one in it's one of the best shots of, but the, uh, does, yeah i mean the pun there but it's one of the best parts of the whole film isn't yeah because it? it just sums up the humor of those movies as yeah. well they had a humor to them also, did you know that you know he has the big old brawl on the airfield with, yes, with the yeah. guy? Did you know that's the same actor that he has a big old brawl with in all three of the original Indiana Jones movies? Oh, they keep bringing him back. It was the same actor playing different parts. Ah. But, uh, uh, an English wrestler called Pat Roach, who was also in Alfreda's own pet. Uh, bomber Pat Roach um, uh, it was his wrestling name and Pat <laughs> was Ro- that before or after he was the bomber pilot in this one no you know so, but when he was a wrestler he was known as Bomber Pat Roach uh-huh. and uh, and then yeah he was in Alfredo's Zane Pet where he played a character called I think Bomber 
um, or something like that. And and he was uh, in. He He's was, got a strong brand, hasn't he? Do, do you remember? So there was a fight on a conveyor belt where they were crushing rocks. Yes, that's, yeah, that's in, in, in Temple of Doom. Doom. Yeah, it was the same actor. Oh. And there's a fight with with a guy on top of a tank. That's the tank in the in third three, one. Yes, same actor. Oh. Uh, and if you remember the Bond film Never Say Never Again, Sean Connery has a fight in the basement of a health spa, and he's. Um, and, and, and it's the same actor uh, Pat Roach was a oh. big big English actor but when I say big I mean like tall and oh, I was going to say bit bulky big as in yeah um, built like a house yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. an outhouse <laughs> but uh, but yeah so um, yeah, it was it was those sorts of things you know that that, that was so good as well with those movies that, and, the that, sound, and the soundtrack was just amazing as well yeah yeah um, apparently he was in um, uh, Pat Roach was also in uh, what's the thing with Warwick Davis when he was it Willow? Willow? Yeah, I think he was in that as well. Um, and uh, yeah, he did a lot of things. I suppose that would be a sim- similar time as well. C- Conan it? the Destroyer, he was in, um, and uh, Red Sonia, he was in. Uh, so yeah, he 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 was. Uh, I mean, he's probably one of the most fitting cast for all those films about barbarians, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Very cast much. cast someone. He's, he's your man. Yeah, um, but yeah, he 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 was Kale in Willow. If that means anything to you. Not at all. Uh, okay. Anyway, uh, that's um, that was the film for Max's action films for this time round. Where, of course, um, Max chooses a film that he's taking it to the max. You happy with that? Very. The Film Guide with Max Hartington, part of the Synopolis Podcast with Danny Smith. I say, are you ready? And you go, yeah, right. And then you start bashing about your microphone. Throwing things around the studio. I'll tell you what, that training wasn't wasted on you, was it? (laughs) Anyway, we are back with uh, the final part of the film guide this time round with uh, Max choosing his, what he thinks are the best films to watch on free-to-air TV for the week ahead. So we start off with uh, Friday the 21st of October, film four, 6.45pm, Turner and Hooch. What a film we've got here. Uh... Tom Hanks stars in this film in which uh, Scott Turner, uh, Detective Scott Turner, has three days left in his local police department before he gets to move to the big city for some real cases. Uh, when somebody is murdered, he finds that the only witness that, uh, to the case is none other than his dog, uh, a, giant, a giant mastiff called Hooch. Uh, the two of them are forced to live together uh, in some sort of witness protection, uh, and things uh, don't go very well for them, to be honest. Like, they, they're not very good at living in the same place. Yeah, so this is the 1989 Tom Hanks movie you're talking about, not the 2021 Disney Plus TV series. Definitely not. Yes. Had a remake. Yes. Oh, honestly, no. This is no. This is the uh, the original. Don't worry. And if you if you saw the the poster, it is almost identical in that the the the, the color scheme of the is is exactly the same. The actors wearing the same color shirt and same color tie as Tom Hanks and same color jacket. <laughs> they did everything they could to try to remind you of the far superior 1980s movie. But you know what? They couldn't capture the original, could they? Maybe that's it. Maybe it's just an advertisement to go back and watch uh, the original, which I imagine is probably on Disney Plus as well. So, uh, Yes, yes, it could well be. Um, there you go. But uh, yes, Turner and Hooch, uh, which, um, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. It's just a riot, really. I it mean, is. I'm, like... ju- I'm just looking at the TV series to see if it's been axed. I'm guessing it's, it's already been axed. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was just 12 episodes, so that's probably enough. Well, if you, if you haven't seen it, go and watch Turner Hooch. Uh, if you've watched the, the Disney Plus series and you want more of it, well, you can go back and watch the If original. you want to see where it all started from, <laughs> yeah, if you want to see a big old Mastiff dribble all over Tom Hanks for, you know, and, yeah, and, and see how funny that is. Dribble, furniture, yeah, chomp yeah. people. Yeah. It's all there. Yeah. 
So um, yeah, and directed. I mean, this makes me 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 very surprised. Directed by Roger Spottiswood, who directed Forty Eight Hours. He directed Tomorrow Never Dies, the Piers Bosnum oh, Bond yeah. movie, The Sixth Day with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, but Forty Eight Hours was a was a classic movie. Eddie uh, Murphy and Nick Nolte is uh, Nick Nolte's like a a hardened cop yes, who's yeah. a bit of a maverick. Works on his own. That's never been done before. <laughs> and and Eddie Murphy is some sort of smart mouthed um, criminal. And so which one came first? Did this come before or after that one? Because it clearly well, at some 48 point Hours was, was early 80s, uh, 1982, I think. Uh, but So uh, at some point he thought, yeah, this is pretty good, but what if I made one of them a dog instead? Yeah, yeah. yeah it probably was cheaper and worked better than, <laughs> um, than Eddie Murphy and maybe didn't make the same sort of mess on a couch. <laughs> That's only a rumour. Um, anyway. <laughs> About the dog or Eddie Murphy. <laughs> wow. Yes. <laughs> anyway going to mention a spice girl there i probably thought i shouldn't for legal reasons uh but uh i'll tell you later anyway um yeah turner and hooch from 1989 a great comedy with tom hanks and a dog that's all you need to perfect know, really. summary that's all you know you know what you know what you sign up for you have a laugh as well yeah yeah okay uh that's on uh film 4 6 45 p.m friday the 21st of october let's move to saturday the 22nd of october paramount network 9 p.m lethal weapon 2 it's only the best film ever made back on tv is it better than the first one though going back to your earlier argument that the other you know if you didn't have lethal weapon you wouldn't have lethal weapon 2 lethal weapon 2 is the best one well i'm not even gonna not, i won't even entertain such a notion lethal weapon 2 is a perfect film uh you'll you'll see it and you'll love it for those of you who aren't aware comedy sequel well, comedy action sequel we've got two cops who uh one of them's a bit more relaxed and he's really he's this close i'm holding my fingers very close together to retirement played by danny glover he's joined by a, a maverick cop uh played by mel gibson two of them together are forced to take on a number of different crimes this time they find themselves on the wrong end of south african diplomats who have diplomatic immunity uh, that's an insult to the south african language i'm very sorry there but they find that they've got you know they've got to find their way around all of this crime in uh, in los angeles and it is just what a film and there's an is. informant in the guise of joe pesci it, along for the exactly. ride as well the, the, the trinity is made in this yeah. one <laughs> and, and yeah it, it is it's, it's it's a wonderful sequel they ramped it up and and they did everything in the first one but better yeah but they also lightened the tone the first one was a was yes, darker yeah. had comedic moments it had lighter funnier moments but was also quite brutal in places the second one was a lot more fun yeah i think the character of riggs is also i mean riggs is given a bit more he he has an edge the whole way through, but I think he's sort of sort of able to laugh. He's himself. getting over of the, some of his sort of like darkness from the first yeah. movie. He was very suicidal in the first movie. Yeah. He had real mental health problems. In the second one, he's starting to get his act together yeah. a little bit. He's starting to come through that, and uh, and he's lighter for it. Yeah, and it's nice. It's nice seeing his interactions with uh, the Myrtle's, fam- Myrtle's family in that. As well, yeah, so. yeah. But, uh, what a film! brilliant film I'm just in my head I'm already mentally replaying the car chase where he's clinging to the top and they're driving around the whole way yeah yeah I mean it's, it's got so many moments and, and one of, when, when Max and I first started watching movies one of the things I used to continually say was that movies of this sort of era were so much better because you weren't just watching like a, 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 a sort of a, a bloke in a motion capture yeah. suit on a green screen which, which doesn't really feel dramatic because you're effectively just watching some animation yeah. you're actually watching real people doing real things real action stuntmen would have spent months calculating what, what vehicle has to go what speed to hit what thing at what angle and, and, and to create moments that are on screen for, for you know exhilarating moments yeah. that are on screen for a couple of minutes would have taken months of work oh and this film's got plenty of them, and the it? way that the, you know the, the, the car hit the vehicle that went up the ramp that hit the other vehicle that hit the, the, the was it the surfboard that went flying through the air and hit the other vehicle and all that sort of stuff it took a while to work that all out these days a couple of clicks from a mouse yeah 
Anyway, I um, see my, my go to whenever I think of practical stunts is I know it's not Lethal Weapon 4, I think it's Lethal Weapon, no, Lethal Weapon 2, I think it's Lethal Weapon 4, but there's specifically the bit where um, they, there's, a, there's a house going down the freeway and then Riggs gets knocked out and he's standing on a wooden table that's being dragged yeah. along. It's a real person doing that. Yeah. Person, it's probably not quite as dangerous, but there is a man just like being dragged along behind a truck with a table underneath. There, there is a thing that, that with some of these, these sorts, of, and it's kind of, it's easy enough to prove, but if you take away the dramatic music from some of those things, you suddenly notice, oh, goofy. the cars aren't looking, aren't moving that fast. You suddenly <laughs> notice it's not quite as hair-raising as it seems when they quickly cut between it and you've got the dramatic music going on. And yeah, yeah that particular thing, if you ever watch that without, without sound, it will ruin it for you because you suddenly think, they're only going about 10 miles an hour. I don't think I could do that to myself. I wouldn't ever... Compromised like by lethal weapon experience. Harrison Ford being pulled around behind a, a, a truck in Indiana Jones, you know, and, and where he, he attaches his whip to the undercarriage yeah. of the truck. And you're thinking, wow. But the reality is, he ain't going very fast. <laughs> but, but you don't really want to know that because it's all dramatic and you can hear the Indiana Jones score and that's, you know, don't heroic. Let it, don't let it take you out of the film. No. Just, enjoy, just enjoy the ride. Exactly. Lethal Weapon 2, The Paramount Network. Uh, Danny Glover, Mel Gibson, directed by Richard Donner. Uh, and, and, and yeah, a wonderful movie. 9pm on Saturday the 22nd of October. Very different um, <clears throat> Very different movie now. Completely different uh, sort of sense of tone to this one. So on Sunday the 23rd of October, great movies, 9pm, Prisoners. Denis Villeneuve's uh, film, which talks about uh, the disappearance. D- Denis Villeneuve is who, for those who don't know? Denis Villeneuve, quite a famous, uh, now quite a very high-ranking director, very known for sort of like uh, darker darker films with lots of camera work. More recently, you might know him from the Dune franchise. You say franchise is one movie, isn't it? It's becoming a franchise, is it? bit by bit. It hasn't yet. Most people don't know, but uh, Blade okay. Runner 2049, uh, Arrival, he's really, um, his camera work and his directing style is very, very much being celebrated currently. And I think this is very much an example of, I mean, this is, I, I know, I feel like I say this every time, every once in a while, but this is one of the darkest films you can watch. Like, this really, the tone set by this film is just, you are constantly on the edge of your seat. You're worried about every single person involved uh, and of course it talks about it's the disappearance of two two teenage girls and how um the one of the a father of one of the girls reacts and how the police react and all of these individual people sort of breaking down as they're trying to find these people yeah they, they, they and you, you you've missed out a small point but basically the, yeah, they're very frustrated by the fact that, that their daughters have gone missing and the police don't seem to be doing anything so they yeah, take matters a bit, into their own bit hands of vigilante justice in yeah. this one as well but again, just another part of how it's just really it's really dark. i think there's a whole the focus on the darkness of humanity in this film and how everybody is just sort of suffering suffering through trying mm. but um really great performances from hugh jackman of course is playing uh the father of one of the one of the missing girls jake Gyllenha- jake Gyllenhaal. pick Sometimes, one stick with it I, i'm a big fan of jake Gyllenhaal. so but he does a really good job he's detective loki who in this one is the one who's trying to find these uh find these missing mm. girls and he's troubled the whole way through as well viola davis uh has somebody missing uh terence howard Mirabello, uh paul dano who is that, who i think has really sort of made a big resurgence he plays a very troubled character in in this one who i which i think inspired his casting for uh the batman recently this year yeah it? he was very good in that wasn't yeah. he um as the was he the riddler wasn't he yeah 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 uh, okay, so yeah, very dark movie, but very gripping, very yeah. powerful stuff. You will uh, want, you will not be able to turn away from this. Film. Yeah, that's Prisoners, which is on uh, Sunday, uh, the twenty third of October, nine pm on Great Movies. Let's move to uh, Tuesday, the twenty fifth of October, and and just after midnight, so technically into the wee small hours of Wednesday, but it's a Tuesday movie. Uh, we have at twelve fifteen, The Babadook. 
Uh, the Babadook is a horror film that tells the story of a, uh, a single mother who loses her husband and struggles to cope with uh, bonding with her son, who's very overreactionary and afraid of uh, monsters that he claims to not see. Uh, they think that the two find a resolution to this when they read the book The Babadook, which has a monster that hides in the dark areas of their house. But uh, things take a nightmarish turn as they begin to discover it's not just a book. Uh, this is one that I'm really... I've, I would be out there. I haven't seen this one, but this one has had a lot of uh, notoriety the past couple of years because a lot of people have said this is one of the best original horror films that's come out in the past 10 years or so. Am I right in thinking it's Australian? Yeah. Yes, uh, okay, yeah, so it's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, so it's yes, a, yeah. a great little, it's a little movie insofar as, you know, it's yeah. not very well known, but but yeah, great movie. Uh, that's The Babadook, uh, and uh, that is a Max's Choice that's on, uh, well, it's, it's the Tuesday Choice technically by 15 minutes, it's into Wednesday, but you know what, what we're talking about, 12.15am on BBC Two. Wednesday the 26th of October proper though, 5 star, 10pm, Die Hard with a Vengeance. John McClane is back. Uh, Where do you rank this one in the Die Hards? Oh, There's five is, of them this, so this, far. This is right behind the original. This, this is a very, uh, sometimes, depending on my mood, it is actually better than the original, some would say. But this is... You see, me, you're such a hypocrite. You've been fun. saying earlier about, you know, yeah, but the first one was the best. You know, now that's twice now you've I, contradicted I that. I recognise being a hypocrite. However, Lethal Weapon 2 makes me exempt, so... <laughs> Lethal Weapon 2 is so good that it's actually bleeding out into my life, making me immune from things. I have diplomatic immunity. Okay. Thanks to Lethal Weapon 2. Yeah, you have hypocritical immunity. <laughs> exactly that. Yes. But uh, this is the third film in the Die Hard franchise. Uh, this time, after being trapped in a building, this time is actually uh, John McClane's trapped in a city instead. Uh, John McClane this time is pretty much being strung along by a, a German terrorist known as Simon, uh, who basically sends him on these continuous uh, tasks that just keep... keep making him run around the city yeah. all sorts of bizarre things to do and he's of course forced to bring in a Harlem store owner played by none other, none other than Samuel L. Jackson as mm. his, uh, his right hand man to try and find it's out it's a great pairing of those two oh, great brilliant. casting of Jeremy Irons as well who, who evokes something of Alan Rickman without copying Alan Rickman yes. um, you know because after Alan Rickman's star turn in Die Hard Alan Rickman was getting a lot of work playing these sorts of characters and then uh, lesser British actors uh, I'm looking at Charles Dance here um, got got hired when they couldn't afford Alan Rickman Um, (laughs) Charles Dance was in The Last Action Hero and he was wearing a t-shirt on set one day that just said I'm cheaper than Alan Rickman because he knew full well that (laughs) it had been been offered to Rickman first but by then Rickman turned it down and this is of course John McTiernan directs as well so he's making another return yeah well he's made so many great action movies but yes he he directed the first Die Hard and he directed Directed this one as well, and, and All I, I think this is a worthy he's, he's successor. Stopped, he stopped being involved with Die Hard after this one. This one was really good, and after he was this a point, predator, didn't he? Yeah, John McTiernan and, and the Hunt for Red October. Yeah. he's done some cracking he, films. He can do, he can do, he mm. can do action. He can do tension, suspense, and mm. I think this one just balances so well. It's tense the whole way through, but I think the relationship of you know mm. Samuel Jackson and Bruce Willis in this one, like they're able to just bounce off each other so right. well. Quickly rank the Die Hards. Oh, right, let's go. Ranking the diehards. We've got... You know what? I will go... Just give me the numbers in order. One. Yep. Three. Yep. Four. Yep. Two. Yep. Five. That's exactly the order I would have put them in. Oh, there we go. Just there. Yeah. Although I would have put... Almost would have said, you know, diehard four being almost like not in third place but almost like two and a half because I thought I, I, I thought it was really I really, really good I really enjoyed Die Hard yeah. there's, there's one scene the, sto- the, the, the actual storyline was clever yeah. and it was interesting yeah. you know this whole- I think it, it does a really good especially with like you know throwing John McClane into this world he's you know he's dealt with 
terrorist attacks mm. and all sorts of stuff. But then cyber terrorism is something yeah. that. What does John McClane know about yeah. cyber terrorism? He's just a cop. Yeah, a retired one. But I, th- I thought some of the other cast in it were really good as well. The the, the kid that he kind of roped in to help him out. Yes. Was, was it Justin Long or have I, have I made that? Justin up? Long, yeah. Die Hard with Avengers. Is yeah. that Die Hard with Avengers? I'm just saying about Die Hard with Avengers. Yeah. Live Free and Die Hard. It was. I think it was, it, oh, it was called Die Hard Four, wasn't it? Um, yeah. But, but it was Die Hard Four Point Oh or something. Die like Hard Four Point Oh because it's yeah. computer. T- Timothy Oliphant was the villain. He was really, really good. How it? can you forget? Yeah. Um, oh, Kevin Smith makes a cameo in that one as well. Yes. Remember, so yes. Uh, so there you go. That's Die Hard with a Vengeance, though. Is is Max's choice? Wednesday the twenty sixth of October, Great five star, ten p.m. Final film of the week, Thursday the twenty seventh of October, film for nine p.m. Another horror, The Mist. In this hang Steve- on. Hang on. Hang on. The Mist. Mysterious, I like it. It feels like I'm actually in there. It's a, uh, in this film, an adaptation of a Stephen King novel, a freak storm unleashes a species of bloodthirsty creatures on a small town inside a mist that keeps them all forced to hole up inside a supermarket and fight for their lives. Um, I think for what the way this is originally described, you would think it would was all like you know sort of horror and spe- and while there was a lot of horror going on there, a lot of it is just having these people locked up in a in a shop, just driving each other mad, driving each other up. But isn't that some of the best parts of things like some of the zombie films? Yeah. Now, now this as well has a great connection, which seemed to have passed Max by. I was quite pleased with this because I know this is your kind of thing, but uh, big connections to The Walking Dead. So Frank Darabont is the director of this. He also directed films like The Shawshank Redemption. Oh, yeah. um, but he's also one of the creators of the TV series The Walking Dead. Yeah. And a lot of the cast from The Mist are also in The Walking Dead. Yes, uh, I've, I've, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. And, and this was this was a, a couple of years before The Walking Dead. Mm. Uh, but but you know you can see there's a there's a sort of an evolution yeah. from from that to The Walking Dead. They're not connected in any in any sort of narrative way. In but a spiritual sense, I think. Though I think it's basically they're thrown into a supernatural situation, and then eventually, you know, humanity forces people to make really dire and awful choices and yeah. drive each other at the walls. While there's something far worse outside. Yeah, it's that whole. What, what's that whole mentality isn't it it's like the real monsters are the people trapped inside not the ones trapped outside yeah yeah but yeah great film based on a story by Stephen King yeah. as was The Shawshank Redemption that Frank Darabont directed um, I, I want to say he also directed The Green Mile but I might be making Ooh, that up but, but that was also a Stephen King yes um, but uh, yeah so C- clearly Stephen King's got somebody who he trusts to make adaptations yeah Frank Darabont directed ah. directed that as well. Your man's a go to for Stephen King, but of course Thomas Jane stars in this one as well. I, I, You're a fan of his. I aren't love you? Thomas Jane, but that's mainly because of the Punisher. But I think this is a very obviously a very different role for him in yeah. this one because he's he's faced with a problem that he can't just go around and solve with a shotgun. So it's one of the differences between you and uh, Burt Reynolds is because Burt Reynolds hates Thomas Jane. Apparently punched him on on set and said he'd never work with him again. But that's Burt Reynolds. Let's yeah. be honest, Burt Reynolds is he? Yeah. Burt Reynolds, I think there's probably about two people that Burt Reynolds likes. Yeah. Yeah, one of them's probably his accountant. <laughs> the other one's Burt Reynolds. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that concludes the film guide for another week. Um, the Mist is on 9 pm on Film 4, Thursday, the 27th of October. Max, which of those movies is your film of the week? Uh, it's, it's a tough one, but it, it's also not really because it's going to be Lethal Weapon 2. What a if surprise. If you haven't seen Lethal Weapon 2, go and see Lethal Weapon 2. I, I'm not going to disagree. If you, with you have seen Lethal Weapon 2, go watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's the film of the week. That's the film guide. Max is back next week with more film Woo! guide. I can hardly wait. Are you you excited, Max? I cannot wait. See you then.